Thanks for joining the Fisher's Life Podcast. We hope that what God is doing in our spirit-filled community will also bless you today. To get connected, follow us on Instagram at Fisher's Life. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Man, it feels so good to be back. I just kind of want to just look at all your faces and just soak in this moment for, you know, I know we're not full capacity yet, but it just feels so good. The presence of God was so strong in this place this morning, and it just feels wonderful to be back. Um, Even if it's not full capacity, like I said, just seeing some of your smiling faces and just being here this morning with you, it feels awesome. And so I just want to welcome all of you. And um, if it wasn't for our mothers, none of us would be here, right? (laughs) So welcome and happy Mother's Day to all of the beautiful moms out there and to all the dads. Um, Just what a wonderful day this is. And I always look forward to this day because, you know, my kids get to celebrate me for one whole day. And (laughs) anyway, but um, honestly, from my heart, Rissa and I just wanted to share with you, um, I wanted to share with you some of my bringing, and I just feel like it's so important that we are sharing our stories with our family, our heritage, our beautiful, beautiful heritage that I've been blessed with. I know that I never want to take for granted, and I want my kids to hear the stories Um, Some of my favorite memories are of my kids gathered around my family and just hearing the laughter and hearing the fun, Um, but then just hearing those stories that really um, made us a strong family in the Lord. And I just feel like that story needs to be passed down. And today from my heart, I just want to share with you um, stories from my grandparents, um, from generation to generation. Um, my family's been blessed, and I was counting, I think we're in my f- the fifth generation of my family personally being converted um, and just becoming to know, to know Christ and to know Jesus. And looking back, I can say that I'm so blessed um, and that God's favor has been on our family and in our lives. So many times I find myself just reflecting on the memories, reflecting on my grandparents and just being in their home and feeling the presence of God in their home and then going to church with them and sitting on the pew with them and feeling the presence of God and how I longed for that just to be a huge part of just my family and my children growing up. Um, And when we got together, we never ever, we talked about material things. Um, When we get together, it's memories. It's... um, It's maybe beautiful experiences, being in the presence of God. Those are the things that I'm finding, that I'm treasuring in my heart. Um, I remember my granny Odom. Um, She was just, she was my dad's mom. And I remember she grew up in Kennett, Missouri, or she lived in Kennett, Missouri. She didn't necessarily grow up in that area, but for most of her life, she lived in Kennett, Missouri. And we would take family trips and go visit her. But I remember way into, um, it was her late 80s, John and I paid a visit to visit my grandma and, um, and spend the night. And I woke up early in the morning and I heard my grandmother having a conversation. I'm like, oh, someone's up early. Who is she talking to? And when I walked out into her living room, she had her Bible open in her lap just like this. 
and she was talking to the Lord. And she was calling our names out in prayer. She was praying like she always did so faithfully. That was my grandma Odom. And I remember so clearly getting the phone call in regard to my grandma Rutledge the morning that she passed away. My grandma Rutledge was my mom's mom. And um, she was knelt down beside her bed in a prayer position. And that's how she was found. She was found, she had passed away that way on her knees. Every morning, my grandmother would get up and the first thing she would do is kneel on her knees by, by the side of her bed and just begin her conversation with Jesus and pray. And those are things that have stuck with me all of my life. And I remember going to church with Granny Rutledge as well and sitting on the pew with her and she would get excited about the Lord and her little leg would kick up and she would be just praying and just enjoying the presence of the Lord. Um, and I remember so clearly the story um, that my dad and my mom would tell us of he was an evangelist and he started evangelizing at the age of 16. So I just want to speak that into some of you that have a call in your life. It's never too early to begin your ministry, ever. I mean, think about the stories in the Bible where God used children time and time again. And I remember um, my dad, he was just a young evangelist, and he was, you know, getting ready to start his service. And he just felt this prompting in his heart. He said, the last young lady that you see at the altar tonight praying, she's going to be your wife. And my dad was like, oh, really? Okay, okay. He's going to play close. I'm going to, you know, pay close attention to this. So sure enough, at the end of the service, my mom was interceding. She was praying at the altar. And my dad knew. It wasn't that night that he um, spoke to her even. It was quite a while after that. But when he did finally ask her to, um, on a date, she went out with him. And that night he said, will you marry me? And she's like, well, that was really fast. How do you know that I'm the one? And he shared the story with her. And she said, well, when do you want to get married? And he said, tomorrow's too late. They literally were married two days later in the living room of, my pa of her pastor at the time. And so these are the stories that I have to pass from generation to generation to generation. And um, I think my life has just, it's just been greatly impacted. I left home um, and went off to Bible college. When I left home to go to college, my pastor's wife, Joy Haney, was so full of the spirit. And I remember day in and day out, going into her classes, and she would just be so full of the Holy Ghost, sharing with us a prayer meeting that she had just experienced or a miracle that had just happened. And she was so excited to share those experiences with us. And I just thought, I admired her so much. And I thought, I want to be just like this lady. She, she is just so full of the Spirit and so full of the love of God. When I grew up, I want to be just like her. And I was so honored the day that I graduated she awarded me the Radiant Woman's Award, and um, that was just given to me. And to this day, it's one of my greatest treasures that she saw something in me as a young person that she would give me that honor. And, um, but all it was was just that connection, and I, and I owe it all to my grandparents. I owe it all to a mother that was a praying mother. I owe it all to just the examples and beautiful heroes, even in this church, the beautiful women of God that have spoken into my life right here. 
I owe it all to you. And then I never dreamed that I would grow up and have children of my own and have a beautiful daughter that would step right in to the footsteps behind me. And I just remember um, so many mornings that John and I getting into our car and say, wow, our kids have left before us. Like, they, they're already out of the house. Well, Rissa would get up early and she would come to the church and she would pray before school. And it just left something. Like, I would come into the auditorium and she'd just be pacing back and forth and praying. And just to hear her testimony of how God's kept her, I knew that you would just be so blessed by it. I wanted her to share some of her thoughts this morning. So, like you've said, um, I didn't just, like, pick it up out of nowhere. I, when I was little, I remember um, in the mornings, my alarm clock was you praying pretty much. Um, we'd hear you downstairs praying, and I'd crawl out of bed, and I'd come downstairs, and um, you'd just be down there praying and, and weeping, and um, we, Gentry and I, we would try to nestle our way in and cuddle up next to you and wait till you were done praying, and then, like, you'd get on with the rest of your day, but... Um, not just then, even um, like through the summers if we were sleeping in or um, we would always come downstairs and you'd just be sitting there in your rocking chair and you'd be reading your Bible and you'd always just be praying. Like we heard that, we saw that every single day. And then um, when I was um, a freshman, you, that's when you were diagnosed with cancer and our family has just always prayed. Like I, I literally cannot even think of how many mornings. It's it's. I, I can probably count on my hands the number of mornings I've gone downstairs and not seen them praying or not heard worship music or not had them sitting there reading their Bible, like laying on the floor. Like it's every single morning, like how they say that prayer is so important. They live that out. It's, it's seriously, it's crazy. Um, but when she, when she had cancer, um, they prayed through it. And we, I remember the morning they, or the night they sat us down and told us, and just like the dates and everything were all crazy and just the timing of it all. But after she got through it, it there was like so much peace through the entire process. And then it's after like a year or so that she had it, it was like, no mom, it's been like two or three years since you had cancer. But it like, it was like a blip. It was just like, it didn't even phase our family hardly. It felt like because they had so much faith and so much prayer built up and they knew that it was just a spiritual trial and just like having that and just knowing that that's where it came from. It didn't come from anything, nothing a doctor did. It came from God. Like that miracle came from God. I was like, well, if that's what prayer can do, I need to get down on my knees and I need to pray for my family and I need to pray for my health and I need to um, pray for each and every day that God would order my steps. Um, and so once I got my license um, and I, was, I got my car and everything, I was like, well, I need to start going to the church before school and pray because I know high school can be a lot um, are very, very difficult for a lot of people my age, and I know if I start my day off on the right foot, then it will just guide me through everything, and I remember there was like a couple mornings where I didn't want to go to the church because I had a really big test, and I just wanted to cram in a little bit more studying, and I could feel it like the rest of the day through school that like I didn't get up, I didn't pray, and I was like, I didn't want to have any more mornings like this, so I'd always just make it a priority um, to do it, and now even if I'm going to work, I'll try to stop by or read my Bible in the morning and just start my day off on the right foot because that's what I saw my parents do every single morning. And now um, sometimes I'll be wanting to call them and I'll check on my phone and I'll see, I'll find my friends, oh, mom, dad are at the church, I better not call them. And I'll check back an hour later, oh, they're still at the church, better not call them yet. So it's just like that pattern that they've shown me that 
prayer is so important, and that's something that I want to pass down to my kids, and that they see me doing in the mornings is praying, and that prayer can get you through every single difficulty. Wow. And I, I, and I do think that one of the greatest benefits as mothers and fathers, um, the greatest benefit that we can have to leave in our children is the legacy of faith in God. Um, but it's just a legacy of prayer. And, you know, so many of you know um, my love and my passion for revival. And I literally every Saturday night, there's a clip that I will just like click on. I just, I'm searching the web or I'm reading a book or people are sending me things on revival continually. And it's something that's burning inside of my life. Our family, you know, we've been talking recently um, about just enjoying experiences over gifts. And we just had this conversation with Gentry. He's graduating from college next week. And, um, you know, of course, we want to celebrate. We want to, and he's like, you know what, mom and dad, he said, rather than an investment of anything, he said, I, I'd rather just have an experience. I, I want you to invest in that and invest in um, something that, you know, we can remember. Um, and Mary, um, I want to just share the story. Mary, the mother of Jesus, she, um, I, I love the verse in Luke chapter 2, verse 19, if they can put that up there, where Mary is noted for keeping everything that she heard the angel speak to her about her son that she was going to bear into the world, that she was going to be born. She kept those things in her heart. She didn't run to her neighbors. She didn't, you know, run to her mom's house and share the experience. She kept everything that the angel had told her in her heart and pondered those things and treasured those things in her heart. She treasured the things that were said of him, that he would be the savior of the world, that he would be the one that comes and dies on a rugged cross and he would be the one that's just going to come and save the world. And she was like, I'm going to do that. And so the, the benefit of prayer in my life has been this, that there are things and visions. I got up off my prayer needs the other morning, there's something that God spoke into my heart in regard to Gentry, and I marched right up to his room. I knocked on his door and said, Gentry, I just need to share this with you. The Lord just put this in my heart for you. And I didn't get on the phone. I didn't share that with anyone else. That was something personal between Gentry and I. But there's so many things in prayer that God gives you, those treasures, those nuggets, that are going to carry you all the way through until the, you're laying on your deathbed. And those are the things that you're going to look back and remember. And you're going to see those nuggets. You may not necessarily see them right away, but those precious times of prayer, what they do for us, um, they are growing treasures that money can't buy. Um, it's in prayer that we get inspiration from the Lord that we don't want to share with anyone else. But we are storing them up in our heart and waiting for them, just waiting for them to come to pass. What is it that you see your children becoming? And I want to speak that into your life today and speak into your children's life. When God gives you an inspiration about your children, speak that into their life. And I'm, I'm looking across the audience right now, and I'm, I see a young boy sitting next to his dad, um, and I remember so specifically up in a Sunday school room, I mean, up just a few, I mean, months ago, I was talking um, in regard to um, Adam and Eve and, and asking the kids if they knew 
about the story and his hand shot right up and he knew the details of that story and he was sharing it from his heart. That tells you that the, the nugget growing in his heart at that young age, it's growing up and it's going to become something beautiful. It was in my mother's passing away that I was able to experience some of the most precious treasures that I could ever want. She didn't leave us much of anything. My grandma Rutledge grew up in a trailer park, parked next to my uncle Dan, and she just lived up in this. She just lived in this tiny trailer. Had very few treasures in life. But when you walked into her house, into that little trailer, she was so full of the joy of the Lord. She was so um, excited to see her grandkids and to see us and to share experiences. When I would go visit in Kennet, my grandmother Odom had nothing. But the treasure that she had was everything. She had the presence of God. She didn't leave us much, anything materialistically, my mother. Um, but she was so determined to have all of her books in order. Um, when she sold the little place that she had in Nebraska, um, it sold for like literally like $16,000, her big, huge place that she had worked at. It was just, just mere, like just pennies. But when you would walk into her room on and see her laying there, she would just want to hold our hand and start singing the praises of God. Um, and so that's what Chris and I were kind of talking about the other day. And I want her to share from her heart just some of the nuggets and things that um, she just recently God has given her. So like my dad said, we were sitting there um, like last week and we were talking about, I was telling my mom, how I highlighted different verses with different colors so that when I went to go look for them, then I could find them based off the colors. And that might sound kind of funny. But I was saying, like, if I highlight it in, like, green, then it's something related to God saying something about nature. And if it's pink, then it's saying something that God is. God is peace. God is whatever. Um, and then I was saying, if it's gold, and this is something I want to remember, I want to study, I want to focus on. And so I was flipping through and, like, giving her examples. And she was like, well, what's that one say? So we started reading it. I was like, oh, yeah, I really like this one. So we started talking about it. Um, and then the next day, I was about to start working. And then I just felt like God said, pull out your laptop and stop ty start typing. So I just pulled out my laptop. I started typing. And then I put it down. And then it was like, no, you're not done yet. And I picked it up. I kept typing again. So I'm really just going to read kind of um, what God gave me. And it just says, are you okay if your success doesn't look bountiful here on earth? Success for the kingdom doesn't look like a strategy. It doesn't look like abundance of followers. It doesn't look like being praised. It doesn't look comfortable. It doesn't look easy. It doesn't look popular. In fact, it looks quite the opposite. Jesus has his true followers, his mom, dad, close friends, and a few others, but a large number of people are looking for him to trip, fall, mess up, say something wrong, or looking to twist his words. They spread lies and look for opportunities. The world hasn't changed much since then. Your mom and your daddy got your back, but and along with a few close friends. But the rest of them, they're looking to destroy what you have. They're looking to destroy your joy, your confidence, your beliefs. But God says not to fear, not to listen to what they have to say or what they have because they have nothing to offer you, um, nothing for your time, for your thoughts, for your feelings. But God, God cares. He sees the worth and knows it, that people are trying to tear you down, and he knows where they put their faith, their hope money, time, and energy. It's all into something that will only fade away and cause them to never be satisfied, content, and never find true joy. Um, they want you to stoop down to their level, the way 
That way they can feel better about themselves. They fight to have security in themselves and things that they've done and the legacy they have, saying things like self-made. Um, but, but think of this. What if your parents passed away and they left you your house? Do you move into it? Do you sell it? Do you keep it decorated the same? Chances are you wouldn't. Trying to leave something behind for another generation can be pretty tricky because it won't have the same value most of the time. In Psalms 49, it says this. Um, there in their inner thoughts that their house are forever and their dwelling places are to all generations. They have called their land after their own names, but man in his pomp will not endure. He is like the beasts that perish. And further down in Psalms 49, it says, do not be afraid when a man becomes rich when the glory of his house is increased. For when he dies, he will carry away nothing. His glory will not descend after him. Though while he lives, um, he congratulates himself, and men praise you. Um, and though men praise you when you do well for yourself, he shall go to the generation of his father. They will never see the light. Man in his pomp, yet without understanding, is like a beast that perish. But if you have a generational blessing, the kind of blessing that God wants to give you, then it will fit every life and every generation and every situation. God isn't temporary. He doesn't go out of style. He doesn't get dated or break down. His fame, success, his relevance to our lives and situations is everlasting. So pretty much it's just, if you want to pass something down, a treasure to your family, why not give him something that's going to fit? If you try to pass down your money, that can only last. It's going to run out. And houses, like, if you think about them, they, you might have bought it for $100,000, but now, like, even the value of houses here in Fishers, they're tripling, quadrupling. Like, it's so hard to have something that keeps value and lasts. But if you, if you pass down prayer, if you pass down the Bible, if you pass down the stories of your family and the testimonies that they have, if you pass those kind of things, though, they can transition to every other part of your life. Amen. I've been, it's so awesome. I've been reading, um, John and I have both been reading the book by Mark Batterson, The Double Blessing. Um, and as we transition into the end of what we're going to talk about today, um, I just wanted to kind of talk about um, this quote. It says, my only true wealth is money I have given to charity. Anything else that I possess is merely temporary and may someday be lost or confiscated. What you own and what you are are two very different things. What are you focused on on leaving behind, leaving for your children? Um, Martin Luther is quoted as saying, I have held many things in my hands and I have lost them all. But whatever I've placed in the hands of God, that I still possess. So whatever God gives you to do, whatever he's positioned you for in this life, I just want to tell you, the greatest thing that you can do is invest in that. And if you're struggling with finding what that is and what that place is, I just want to tell you the place you're going to find it is on your knees in prayer. And I know we say that over and over and over and over in this place, but it's the greatest thing. The greatest revivals in the world started with prayer meetings. I mean, that's how prayer meetings or how revival started. It was people and women and men on their hands and faces seeking God, and the greatest revivals on earth happened. 
Whatever God gives you to do, I want you to do it. Do it with all your heart. And I want to leave you um, with, these, with the, a couple of scriptures. In Genesis chapter 17, verse 7, it says, And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you and their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your, your descendants after you. He's going to be God, the God that created the earth, the God that created your dreams, your ambitions, your feelings, your, your whole being. He is going to take your dreams. When you get on your knees and you pray about them, he's going to take them and he's going to take this church to places. This church is going to be packed one day and we're going to look back and we're going to think, oh my goodness, do you remember during COVID when there was just a few of us sitting here and just dreaming of what God can do and when these doors open back up and it, I pray that it does get back to normal and there's worship in this place. There's been visions, there's been dreams of people on their knees, finding their self in prayer, coming to Pastor John and I saying, I see the vision for this city. John and I circle this city every first Wednesday of the month, and we're praying for your children and their children and the generations after that that are going to bring the gospel to this city and this place and this whole city is going to erupt in a revival that we're not going to believe. And I'm speaking that in faith today. I'm speaking that believing and knowing that in each one of us, we have that seed planting in us from people that are praying. And if John and I, we've said so many times, if we never see it, it's okay. But if the generations after us see it and experiencing that, that's what it's all about. And that's what I wanted to leave with you today. In Psalms chapter 145, it says, one generation shall praise thy works to another and shall declare, and shall declare thy mighty acts. And today we declare that today. I asked Corey and Alicia a few weeks ago, she sang the song, The Blessing. It was beautiful, absolutely beautiful. And I want to leave that prayer with you today, that in our hearts and in our lives, that we determine that the greatest gifts that we can ever leave our children, it's not going to be something that you can touch. It's going to be something in the heart that's going to carry us out of here. It's the power of the Holy Ghost and His Spirit. And it's found in prayer every day and being faithful. Thank you guys for listening to our story. And we're going to transition into the song right now. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Fisher's Life. Be sure to follow or subscribe to get the latest message every Monday.